0: Welcome to the St. Matt's 6 p.m.
1: podcast,
0: where you can listen to sermons from our evening service. Hi everyone, I'm Stefan. I'll be um, guiding us through the um, Bible readings tonight. The first passage is actually from Ephesians uh, chapter 2 verses 1 to 9. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved. Through faith, And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. John chapter 14, verses 15 to 31. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the father and do exactly what my father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave.
1: is a mysterious energy field created by life that binds the galaxies together. Harnessing the power of the force gives the Jedi, the Sith and others sensitive to this spiritual energy extraordinary abilities such as levitating objects, tricking minds, and seeing things before they happen. The force is not a person. The phrase, the force be with you, comes from the Star Wars movies, the first of which came out in 1977. But the phrase, the force be with you, is often used now in ordinary everyday speech. The Holy Spirit, like God the Father and Jesus Christ his Son, have been around longer than the force. He has been around before what we call time began. We are introduced to him in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2 which says, Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Depending upon your church background, you may not have heard much about the Holy Spirit at all. Some churches rarely speak of the Holy Spirit. I had heard very little about the Holy Spirit when I was a teenager or in my 20s um, and because all we ever heard about it was the one time in the year when there was a special collect, a special prayer in church and it was a prayer about the Holy Spirit and that was the only time we heard about him. But there are some of you who may have come, come from churches or still go to churches where there is a far greater emphasis on the holy spirit throughout january chris john and i are going to preach a series on the holy spirit it's a massive topic and we cannot cover everything and the section that i'm going to cover this this evening is centered and focused around two things who is he and what does he do in regards to our eternal salvation first of all, you may have noticed that I began by saying we are introduced to him unlike the force, but like God the Father and Jesus Christ, he is a person. And it's important for us to remember that because sometimes Christians, we talk about the Holy Spirit and we say, it did rather than he did. We don't say it of Jesus, or it of God, the Father, and therefore, nor should we say it, of the Holy Spirit. And we become even more aware of the fact that the Spirit is a person when we read such passages in Ephesians chapter 4, which say, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. You can't grieve an it, but you can grieve a person. Just as the Father and the Son were involved in creation, we note too that the Holy Spirit is an agent of creation. This person uses his power, his force as the third person of the Trinity to assist in the creation of the world. So, first thing, he is involved in creation. Many times when I talk to non-Christians about why they should believe the Bible or why they should actually read it, they come back with the retort, well, it's only a book written by men, so why should I bother to read it? This brings us to the second aspect of the Holy Spirit that I wanted to deal with. In 2 Timothy 3.16 we read, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. Literally, God breathed out his word. The breath of the Almighty in the person of the Holy Spirit Creates the word of God. Peter writes these words in 1 Peter chapter 2 and uh, chapter 1 and verse 21. So I'll say that again. 2 Peter 1 21. He writes, For prophecy never had its origins in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So we begin by being reminded from the Bible itself that the Holy Spirit is a person who is involved in the creation of the world and the creation of the Word of God. We have a God the Father who is true. We have Christ who is truth. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we have a spirit who is truth, who reveals a revelation from God the Father. And the apostles wrote it down, guided by the spirit. So, two important aspects of the Holy Spirit here. He's involved in the creation and he is involved in the creation of the Word of God. But he is also involved in the creation of Christians. You see, why do we believe this? Why do we believe that this book is the Word of God and that God speaks to us from it? How do we come to believe That unlike some people, we believe that there is a God, that it is his world. We believe that Jesus Christ came into the world, died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins, rose again from the dead, and that when our lives are over, we will go to be with him in heaven. How does this come about? This journey from first belief to our eternal place in heaven is important for us to take note of for it will help us grow in our faith and trust in God most of the best poetry and songs usually comes from the writer's personal experiences And many of us have sung the hymn Amazing Grace. I want to take a little time now to tell you a little bit about the author of the hymn, John Newton. You will know some of the things, but if you get a fuller picture, it will help you to understand why he wrote what he wrote. And then, as I use it as an illustration for the Ephesians 2 passage. John Newton lost his Christian mother at age six. At age 11, he was so disruptive in school that his father, who was a merchant seaman, took him out of school and took him to sea with him. But he caused such dissension on the ship that they put him off, separated him from his father, and put him in the Royal Navy. I guess further, stronger discipline there, they hoped would straighten him out. But he ran away. He deserted. Eventually, he went back to sea, for that was all he knew. As many of you know, he became a slave trader But he was also known on the ships to have the filthiest tongue of all sailors and he was a serial rapist of the women's slaves. Eventually, after surviving a storm at sea at which the sailor that was standing right next to him was washed overboard and drowned, he began to think about what his mother had taught him as a child and over a long period of time he eventually came to a trust in Jesus the line in the hymn through many dangers toils and snares I have already come actually reflect his previous life I mentioned that the Holy Spirit was involved in the creation of Christians. How does this happen? Some of you will know the story of Nicodemus in John chapter 3, who visits Jesus at night to learn about salvation. And Jesus stuns him by telling him that he must be born again. Nicodemus is rightly puzzled and asks, How can a man be born again? Be a horrible thing, wouldn't it? Could you imagine it, ladies? Oh, (laughs) no, please, no. And Jesus says to him, No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and of the Spirit. And this is why. John Newton could write the words, Amazing grace that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. It was grace that taught my heart to fear. And grace my fears relieved. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1 we read these words. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the rulers of the kingdom of the air. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Paul sets out here, in this chapter, where people were at one stage with God, all people. he's saying that we are dead in our sins. Now, the world doesn't think of things that way. When they're getting drunk and fornicating or yahooing, they think they're alive. But no, as far as God is concerned, they're dead. And so, that's where John Newton was. A serial rapist, a slave trader, a foul-mouthed individual, a drunk. And it says to us, that is where we once lived. Where we followed the ways of the world and the rulers of the kingdom of the earth. But then something happens as it happened in his life. First force is this: But God, because of his great love for us, God made us rich in mercy and made us alive with Christ and seated us in the heavenly realms. God sees our predicament and our God is a merciful God, although at times we may wonder whether he cares for us. And that mercy is seen worked out through grace. Verse 8 says to us, For it is by grace you have been saved, by God's unmerited favour, through faith. So, you see, we could probably say of other people, we might look at other people, non-Christians and say, Well, I'm better than they are. I at least believe in Jesus. But what does this verse say to us? It says... One, we're saved by grace, through faith. Where does the faith come from? Yes, we humanly have to exercise faith, but it is given to us by God. We can't in any way say, well, I'm better than somebody else. Because at least I believe. Well, you believe because God's spirit worked in you to bring you to open your eyes to see that there is a God, that Jesus is his son, that Jesus died on the cross and rose again for you. And without the spirit of God, you would never have seen it. Sometimes I get a bit grumpy with congregations. Not this congregation, shall I say, never this congregation, usually the court waiters or the nine thirty, never you people at all. I told them it was the six o'clockers. <laughs> and I think, what am I doing this job for? Come on God, look what I'm doing for you, and it's not going away it should. Just get your act together. And then I remember Ephesians chapter 2. For it is by grace I have been saved. It's a privilege to know Jesus and to share God's word with you. Even now, after having done it for 50 years, I have sleepless nights on Saturday evenings because of the privilege I have of sharing God's word with people on Sunday morning. It is by grace we have been saved. And that is why John Newton can write about it in such a way. He knew what it was like to be saved. We cannot save ourselves. God has saved us. And it's because he has opened our our eyes to sin. You see, we live in a world which no longer believes in sin. Adultery is fine as long as you don't get caught. Fornication is fine because everybody does it. Insipid apologies are fine when we don't say anything such as, if I offended anybody rather than someone saying, what I said was wrong, or what I did was wrong, I shouldn't have said it, I shouldn't have done it, I know I've hurt people, and I apologise unreservedly. That's the difference. And we know. It is by God's spirit that we are convicted that our lies are lies, and not little fibs. It is by God's spirit that we know stealing is stealing. So that is partly where we're at. God begins the work of salvation in us. But it progresses, doesn't it? Because we have to live in the world. We don't immediately go off to heaven and the reason for that is because God is taking his time to transform us to be like Jesus and make us fit for heaven. But it is hard to live in this world now. It's difficult. We see people publicly persecuted for their faith, such as Israel Folau or Andrew Thorburn. We see that there are spiritual battles constantly for us. But there's not only the spiritual side that makes life hard. We've got the Ukraine wars. We have the floods and the rise in interest rates. And we have sickness. Your grandparents or great-grandparents may be getting old and getting more frail and becoming more difficult to deal with. You may have lost a loved one. There may be people struggling in your family with mental health issues. You've all got some problem. How do we get through? John 14 is a wonderful passage of comfort and encouragement to us. The context... Of John 14 is that Jesus had just told his disciples that he is about to leave them. Now can you imagine it? His disciples, his apostles had been with him. They had given up so much to follow this man around the countryside for three years and then he says well that's it guys, I'm out of here. I'm going to die. All partings are sorrowful, aren't they? Just imagine it. I'm going to die. So what happens then? He tells them that he will send somebody else to help them. That they're not going to be alone. They have been adopted as children of God. Romans chapter 8 teaches us that. This passage that Stephan read for us reminds us that we are not to be left as orphans, but that God's Spirit comes to us, that God's Spirit works in us and stays with us. He comes to help us through whatever we are going through. In chapter 16 and verse 7, Jesus said this, But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counsellor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. This counsellor is like Jesus. In other passages of the scriptures, it says, I will send another one. Now, Mitchell Stark will not play in the next test. So, what have the selectors done? They have brought in another player. He's nothing like Mitchell Stark. He doesn't bowl fast. He's got less hair. know, there are all sorts of things about Ashton Agar, that is different to Mitchell Stark. He's a cricketer, he's a bowler, but he's not the same. And so we can say, the selectors have brought in another player, but he's not the same. But in regards to the Holy Spirit, when it talks about another, it is the same. He is the same as Jesus Same characteristics. He comes, and we know that he is called the Comforter, the Interceder. He is seen as the Defence counsel for us before God. But basically, a good phrase to use of the Holy Spirit is, he is our Helper. He's there to help us whatever we are going through. Family crisis, relationship issues, health issues, spiritual issues, struggles without with being able to be a witness for the Lord Jesus. He guides, just as Jesus guided the disciples through his words. They came to him, they followed him, they listened to his words. And what happens with us? We come to him, we follow him and we listen to his words. And the Holy Spirit takes that and applies it to our lives. For example, we are told to be forgiving people. Hard sometimes to forgive, isn't it? We are told to be patient. Just be a little more patient. The sermon's nearly over. Just be patient. And humanly, it is difficult to do those things, isn't it? to forgive others, to be patient, to be compassionate or kind. But it is by the power of God's Holy Spirit that we are able to do that. When you pray, God help me, God's Spirit that lives in you is able to actually do that for you. He makes us like Jesus while we are here. And finally, he takes us to heaven. In John chapter 14, these words are written, and if I go from verse 3, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. The Holy Spirit guides us to heaven when this life is over. We don't have to try and find the way on our own. Jesus has said, I am the way. And his spirit lives within us and will take us to be with God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. In the end, we will be in a place where, as it says in Revelation chapter 21 and verse 4, there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Those of us who trust in Jesus Christ have been drawn to Jesus by the work of the Holy Spirit through God's amazing grace. This Spirit helps us to live like Christ until that great day when we will no longer have to live by faith, but we will see Jesus. The Holy Spirit, like a magnet, draws iron filings to itself we will be drawn home to heaven to be with the Father and the Son. I'll pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your word. We do pray that this evening we might have received some encouragement. We pray that we might have received some comfort. And we pray that if we have needed to be challenged, that your spirit may have done that. Father, you know we're each one of us, us in our lives at the present time. We pray that by the power of your spirit, you might help us as we begin a new year to continue to follow you. And we pray this in Jesus' name, through the spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. St. Matt's West Bend Hills
0: 6pm Congregation is a collection of people who want to be changed by Jesus to have a deeper connection with God, deeper community with one another, and deeper concern for our world. We'd love you to join us on a Sunday soon. For all the details, check out our website at stmats.org.au
1: And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a sermon.